And you know, if Ted would have come with me, you'd have really known there was some freedom up there. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. But you know what I hear the Lord saying? I hear the Lord saying that he's dispatched angelic uh, uh, angels, angelic beings. You know, the, you know what the Bible tells us about angels? That they are, you know, let's read what it says before, and I'll finish up praying. Go to the book of Hebrews. Book of Hebrews. For those of you that, you know, spend a little time reading your Bible, this isn't a Bible, this isn't a book about coffee. <clears throat> he wasn't brewing nothing. Hebrews. <clears throat> Chapter 1. Verse 13 says this, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. And then it tells us what angels are. Verse 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? Sent to minister for them, say for them, them. who shall be heirs of salvation. So who are the heirs of salvation? We are. And so you know what the Bible says about angels? They're sent to minister for you. Glory to God. Some of you have never taken advantage of the use of the angelic beings that God, glory to God. You know, um, Marvel's coming out with a series on uh, Disney Plus the invasion has begun. I thought, they must have heard my message. <laughs> the Lord spoke to me years ago here in, here in Edmond. I was in a revival. And um, I was preaching. And while I was preaching, all of a sudden, out of my spirit, I, I'll never forget it. I was in the middle of, a, of preaching. I was in the middle of a statement. And while I was preaching, out of my mouth, I, it shocked me. Out of my belly. I thought I was going to speak in tongues like I was doing a minute ago because I'll, sometimes I'll just stop. I'll start praying in another tongue. But when I, when I opened up my mouth to pray in another tongue, it came out in English. You know what came out? The invasion has begun. Oh, yeah. The invasion has begun. I, try, I tried to say, you know, something else. It came out three times, Lindsay. The invasion has begun. Now, when I, when I said it, I felt the presence of God so strong that I expected everybody in the place to shout. But they did just like y'all did this morning. They just looked at me like a calf looking at a new gate. It didn't mean nothing to anybody. It didn't really even mean anything to me. I thought the invasion, that could mean a lot of things. Yeah, that could mean a lot of things. That could mean, you know, like Joel, cha Joel chapter 2. You know, they rush on the city. They run on the wall. Great is the army that carries out his word. The Lord uttered his voice before his army, below the trumpet in Zion. You know what that was talking about? That was talking about the enemy invading God's people. That invasion had begun. So, you know, invasion, that could mean anything. So I, you know, I, because it didn't, you know, because it didn't really catch and nobody really caught on, I, I felt a little silly because nobody responded. And I just went on preaching. So about two weeks later, I was in the same revival. One of the pastors that was participating in the revival came to me and he said, I had a, he said, I had a, a vision and he said, I want to share it. I feel like it's for, it's for us. He said, it's just an incredible vision. I said, Okay. Uh, he said, let me tell you what it was. I said, no, I don't want you to tell it. I want to hear it with everybody. Just wait until, 
you know, wait, we'll, we'll wait till the service starts. I want you to tell it with everyone. Ricky Musgrove was the pastor. And so uh, he was like, well, let me tell you. I said, no, I want to hear it with everybody else. He's come to our church before, Rick, Pastor Ricky. Uh, so he got up during the service and he began to share what the vision that was that he had. He said he was in his church and he went out to the courtyard of his church. Their church at that time was on uh, Bryant and a hundred and, no, 15th, yes, 15th and Bryant. So uh, right there where there's a Assembly of God church and there's a CVS on the corner and then there's a church behind that CVS. That was where his church was. So he was in the courtyard. He was looking out to the west from his church, from the courtyard. And he said, when he looked out to the west, there were these big black clouds that were rolling toward Edmund. And he said he was real concerned because we had just had several tornadoes come through and tear everything up in Edmund during that time. And he said... Uh, he said he began to pray and rebuke the storm. He said, I rebuke this. You're not coming to our city. I, I bind you in the name of Jesus. He began to pray against the weather. He said, but as he prayed, nothing, nothing seemed to change. He said that black cloud just rolled closer and closer. He said, finally, that black cloud got close enough that he could see that the cloud wasn't a cloud at all. It was a multitude of angels. And they were moving toward Edmund. He said the minute he saw that it was angels, he said the Spirit of God spoke with a loud thundering voice. And you know what the Holy Ghost said? The invasion has begun. When he said that, now listen, I had said it two or three weeks earlier. Nobody said a word. When he said it, everyone connected what I said with what he said, and the whole place erupted in prayer. Listen, you want to talk about people getting wild, they erupted in praise and began to get super wild because all of a sudden now we know what this invasion is. It's an invasion of angels. Glory to God. Now listen, to me, that was exciting. I thought that's awesome. But still, what does that mean? What does that mean? A bunch of angels showed up in Egypt. People started dying. <laughs> Listen, I want some details here, Jesus. You know, talk to me. <laughs> I know. See, some of y'all are like, wait a minute. I thought you was receiving an offering. I am. I told you, you got to be ready around here. <laughs> so I was like, of course, Pastor Ricky, when he said it and everybody shouted, he was like, yeah, the invasion. You know, he got the response. I thought, you know, we might have, but, you know, I just got up whooped with everybody. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And after it was over with, I told him, I said, you know why everybody responded that way? He said, no. I, I, said, I, I said that two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I said, I didn't know what it meant. Nobody else knew what it meant. We kind of just all sat there twiddling our thumbs, wondering what does that mean? I said, now we know it's an invasion of angels. He said, well, I think we should study it out and really find out what that means. And I said, listen, I think we ought to let the Holy Ghost reveal to us what this means. Because all this, I mean, you send, we can send the vision to the Elijah list and someone's going to give us some strange, wacky, you know, uh, weird interpretation. I said, let's just let the Holy Spirit. He said, no, I'm, I'm going to ask somebody. I'm going to find out. I said, do whatever's in your heart. So the next, the next morning, I get a phone call, you know, mid-morning from Pastor Ricky. And he said, Brother Ziggy, he says, I've been doing some research and trying to find out what this means. I called my friend, Jeff Tadlock, who has uh, gone on to be with the Lord uh, already. But 
uh, prophet, he said, I, I called him up to ask him what his thoughts were on it. He said, so I told him about the vision. I told him what I saw. I told him what the Lord said the invasion had begun. He said, I told him about our revival. Now, we'd been in revival at that church at that time probably about 10 weeks. We had been 10 weeks in revival. And he said, I told this guy, you know, what was going on. He said, uh, he said, uh, he said, you're going to love this, Brother Ziggy. I said, okay. He said, yeah, the first thing he asked me is, who's holding the revival? Who's preaching? He said, a fellow by the name of Ziggy Sanchez. Now, listen, I'd gone and heard Jeff Tadlock preach about six months before the revival started. He had been in Oklahoma City. I went to one of his meetings. While I was in his meeting, he called me out and gave me a word. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a, any kind of revelatory word to me. He prophesied the same thing. Many people have prophesied over me in the past. Listen, hang on with me here because some of y'all, we're talking about angels, remember? Oh, yeah. Angels working with us. Amen. While we were praying over this offering, the Lord, the Lord told me something about angels. Stay with me. So Jeff Tadlock asked him, who's preaching? And Pastor Ricky says, Ziggy Sanchez. He says, isn't that that fellow that came to the meetings when I was there a few months ago? He said, yeah, that's the guy. He said, well, he tells Pastor Ricky, he says, well, do you remember the word that I gave Brother Ziggy? He says, yeah, I remember the word you gave him. He said, you told him about revival, how God was going to use him and, you know, miracles were going to break out. And he said, all that stuff. He said, no, he said, the first thing I prophesied. He said, well, the, he said, I remember, because the first thing he told me was, the first thing he said to me was this, do you always travel with this entourage that's with you? Well, Ted was with me. Debbie was with me. I think a couple of their kids was there. Maybe Tabitha might have been there. Um, uh, I had a few people with me. And so when he said, do you always travel with this entourage? I was like, yeah, you know, I tried to fire. I've tried to fire Ted. He won't go nowhere. Oh, that's right. When you don't pay somebody... You can't hardly fire him. You know what I mean? Ahead, I'm like, Ted, you're fired. He's like, okay, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> he called me up. Where are we about to eat at? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Monte, listen to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where are we about to eat at, Monte? Like, amen. But, you know, when he said that, I was like, yeah, they, they travel with me. And then he went on. So he tells Pastor Ricky on the phone, he says, you assumed and he assumed that I meant those people. He said, but what I saw in the spirit is what you saw coming toward Edmund. He said, what I saw over that man was a multitude of angels that God has assigned to work with him in his ministry to do what God has called him to do in these last days. And he said, and what you're experiencing in revival, he said, is the result of that entourage that travels with that brother's ministry, that supernatural entourage of angels. And he said, and that invasion has come to your city. Well, Pastor Ricky is beside him. When he's telling me this, he's shouting. He's, he's praising God, speaking in tongues on the other. He's like, Brother Ziggy, them angels, they work with you. Okay. Oh, that's right. Well, here's the, here, now, again, it's not that y'all have to understand. I am an emotional person, which is why I have to keep control of them. Because, you know, I could have been like, ah, shut up, 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 up. 
fell out, you know. But, but I was like, I was like, what does that, I'm, I'm still, okay, these angels, God has assigned them to work with me. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Then I began to hear about a man named uh, Idahosa in another country in Africa. That he had a ministry and God used him to change entirely. And someone had told me, they said, do you know that that guy, he had a multitude of angels that traveled with him. It was, it was given through prophecy in a meeting that after he passed away, that these angels that worked with him to work that revival, that God was getting ready to send the favor of those angelic beings that, that God put on those, the spiritual force that God put in those angelic beings to bring about revival, that those angels were being assigned to other people all over the world to bring about revival. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, that's interesting. So I didn't get super excited about it. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, I was, I, uh, I was going to buy one of them shirts, keep calm. <laughs> <clears throat> Is that what it says on it? Keep calm. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm your dork. Amen. So for the next month or two, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm going over it. And the Lord reminded me, he said, he said, every time, he said, that's not the first time I had you declare the invasion has begun. Go ahead now. And then he took me back in time. I had declared that in every place we had had extended revival breakout. And I was like, oh, I remember now. Every time revival broke out, that, that declaration was made. Yeah. Then I went to a, a meeting. Oh, I can't remember where it was at. Maybe it was in Dallas or somewhere. But this, this man was up preaching. I, I can't even remember what he was preaching on. I wasn't that interested. But, he, but he, was, he was good. I mean, a lot of people there, it was good. Don't get me wrong. I was just... You know how sometimes you get in a meeting and the Spirit of God be dealing with you about other stuff? Spirit of the Lord was just dealing with me about other stuff. Then all of a sudden he said, and uh, the entourage. And when he said entourage, I was like, huh? Because that entourage was a word that was used to describe this multitude of angels. And now he wasn't even talking... Entourage was just a word that he used. He said, I just, he, he said, I just feel led of the Spirit to expound upon this word entourage. He said, you want to know what an entourage is? I think I was the only one that was like, yeah. Out of, out of a thousand people, I'm like, please expound. Oh, yeah. He said, an entourage was a group of people that traveled with royalty, with the king. And that entourage, that group of people would go into places ahead of time to prepare the way for the king. Oh, yeah. To make sure that everything that was on the itinerary went off without a hitch. They prepared the way for the king. I thought, my God, now I'm starting to get what the invasion meant. See, and now I said all that to say this, because some of y'all lost interest, you know, halfway into the story, and you shouldn't have. Because I believe that God is about to send angels to prepare 
prepare the way before the, you know, when Jesus, when Jesus, the Bible says just before Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The Bible, the Bible says this, and Jesus returned to Nazareth in the power of the spirit. Jesus returned in the power of the spirit. See some of y'all, some of y'all, Jesus needs to return in your life in the power of of the spirit and guess what God is releasing angels this morning to prepare the way for the return of the power of the spirit in your life for supernatural increase for supernatural healing and divine health and are y'all hearing me today God wants to release the supernatural to you amen and so some of you, your life is about to be invaded by supernatural forces. Glory to God. Amen. You know, I preached a message uh, several months ago about the house of the Lord. In fact, it may have been back in December. It's been several months. The house of the Lord. You know, that, you, know, you know how you identify the house of the Lord? You know how the Bible, when you go through the Bible, there were lots of different houses of the Lord. You remember Jacob's Ladder? You know, there, there wasn't a building there, but Jacob put a rock there. He put a stone there. He built an altar there, and he called that place the house of the Lord. It didn't have to have a building there. You know what, you know what qualified that to be the house of the Lord? It's the place where heaven and earth came together. He said that he saw angelic beings and spiritual matters happening. He saw them descending and ascending and descending and ascending and descending and ascending. And he said, this is the house of the Lord. This is where the third dimension meets the fourth dimension. You know what the Bible says about Jesus? Jesus, Jesus told his disciples, he said this, he said, he said, uh, you hadn't seen nothing yet. He said, by the time, you know, you think, you think I'm, you think I'm the Messiah. You think I'm something hot just because I told you where you were at before I came and saw you because I told you your name. He said, you hadn't seen nothing yet. He said, you're going to see angels ascending and descending and ascending. And did, you know what he was saying right then? He was saying, I'm the house of the Lord. Do you know what's going to identify the house of the Lord in these last days? It's not going to be that they sing out of a hymn book. It's not going to be that they get together and they dance their little, you know, their little Pentecostal charismatic bunny hop. It's not that we go around shaking hands and calling each other brother and sister. They're going to call us the house of the Lord because they're going to see heaven working here on the earth. Angels ascending and descending and God's favor. Amen. Are y'all hearing this today? God's favor resting upon his people and the angels of heaven working with God's people to see to it that his work gets done in the life of every individual in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Boy, I'm preaching. Yes, Glory to God. See, when, 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 a lot of times when I'm talking about supernatural increase, some people think it's just about money. Right. It really has very little to do with money and more to do with glory. The glory of God. Say the glory of God. Say it again. Say it again. See, we forget that the Bible says that <laughs> the things that we are presently suffering in the book of Romans, chapter 8, 
the things that, go there, Romans chapter 8. Wow, you know what? I have never, I haven't felt this shotgunny since the last revival I preached. <clears throat> go to the, uh, go to the latter part of the verse. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Let's, let's read. Um, oh, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I want to read all of it. Let's, let's read from verse 1. It says this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So, so it's making a distinction here. There's no condemnation if you do what? If you walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Now, you're going to be condemned if you walk after the flesh. You're going, you're going to condemn yourself all the time. The devil's going to condemn you. You're going to feel condemned of men. Every time the preacher preaches, you're going to feel condemned. But that has nothing to do with people trying to make you feel condemned. That has to do with you being either in the flesh or in the Spirit. When you're in the Spirit and you hear the Word of God preached, you're not condemned. You're like, glory to God. I mean, even if it brings correction, you're like, yes. Okay. I got it. When you're in the flesh, you're like, someone must have told him my business. <laughs> Who's been telling pastor? Who's been telling pastor? <laughs> right? right? Yeah. I don't tell pastor nothing because it'll come up in a sermon. Heck, if you're in the spirit, you're like, man, I hope he'll bring it up in a sermon. Help me out. Oh, that's right. Come on. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Well, I hope he says something about this. I need, I need some instruction here. Yeah. Glory to God. Amen. So you got to walk after the Spirit. For, look what it says, verse 2. For the law of the Spirit, for, say for the law of the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit. See, some people say this. They said, you know, uh, Christ is, you know, the Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. You know what law that was? The law of Moses. Right. But there's another law that we live by now. The law of the Spirit. The law of the Spirit, of life in Christ Jesus. What has it done? It's made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his son, uh, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are uh, after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Say this with me. Say, be mindful of spiritual things. Because if you mind the things of the flesh, you know, you know what you're going to be about? The things of the flesh. But if you mind the things of the Spirit, what you're going to be about? You're going to be about the things of the Spirit. Now, what, what are we talking about here? We're talking about getting heaven involved right. in your success. Getting heaven involved in getting you across the finish line. You know what? What, what is God's word for you? What has God said about your life? What has God said about your life? 
you might have a personal prophecy that someone got. I remember, I remember one of the first prophecies I got was under a tent, under a tent in, a, in front of a, a, a laundromat on, the, on, a, on a corner uh, in, on the east side of Defiance, Ohio, which is the worst side of Defiance, Ohio. Not a very big place, but that's a ghetto. But they put up a tent there, tent preacher. I didn't know the guy. He was a screamer. Ah! But I know his name. Now I know who he, you know who he is. But anyway, but he had a word for me. You know what the word was? The, the, the word was the visions and the dreams that God showed you are right. I have anointed you to lay hands on the sick, to preach the gospel, to bring the fire of revival to a, to a dying world. I've, call, I've called you to be an evangelist. He laid his hands on me. It was like lightning hit me. The fire of God came on me. And God, I mean, that was, that was my word from God. Everything I heard from God. You know, you know, you know what my words, what, what I never heard from God? Oh, yea, I've called thee to revival. I've called thee to preach the gospel to many nations. I've called thee to go forth and to heal the sick and to cast out devils and to raise the dead. But yea, the minute thou doest that, thou, thy life shall fall into shambles. Thou shalt have multiplied attacks. And yea, thou shalt never fulfill that particular word. For yea, the Lord says, thou shalt be so discouraged and broke. And thou shalt not even be able to put gas in thy car, saith the Lord. And thou wilt try to live uh, in a house and yea it shall be taken away from thee in foreclosure and yea every car that thou drivest shall be uh, taken back by the bank in repossession and great shall be thy sorrows saith the Lord for thou shalt not be able to uber for thou shalt be broke 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 saith God and yea thou will thou will have to beg and plead and uh, thou shalt dig uh, coins out of the cushions of thy couch yea to even be able to eat says the Lord and thou shalt feel sorry for thyself and many shall come to thy aid thou shalt get e go to many soup kitchens and thou shalt be envious of those who fulfill my word saith God and yea it would be for me to do that in you but the Lord says nay nay saith God no I shall not do it for thee yea for thou artest a sorry individual and yea thou dost not deserve it and for those reasons uh, uh, you are not enough saith God is that your word? No. Now, I've heard words like that, but they didn't come from God. I've heard words like that, but they didn't come from God. See, but when we, when we look at what... Go ahead now. Oh, yea, I sh yea, the Lord says, I have for thee a spouse. And yea, I shall bring thee together, thee and thy spouse, and she shall be thy helpmeet, and you shall be uh, the head of that house, saith the Lord, for about 35 minutes. Yea, she shall rise up and she shall overtake thee, saith the Lord. Yea, thou art the head, but she is the neck. And she shall turn thee in the direction that she wants to turn thee. And yea, the Lord says, even though it's my desire for you to stay together, uh, 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 you shall leave her uh, and you, because you just can't handle that woman no more, says the Lord. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> is that your word? 
Oh, thou shalt have children, says, for children, children are a blessing for me, saith God. And if thou shalt train up a child in the way that they shall go, they shall not depart from it when they get old. Except for your kids, says the Lord. Your kids shall be the exception. Your kid will be as if they were the spawn of hell, saith God. People will swear that they saw Satan in your kids. And so shall thee, saith God. And many gray hairs shall come upon thy head. And much shall be thy sorrow, saith God. For the Lord says, even though I called them to be a blessing, they shall really be a curse, saith God. They will drain thee of thy life. They will drain thee of thy money. They will drain thee of thy dignity, saith God. They will drain thee of all that thou hast. The Lord says, when you die, they will not come to your funeral, saith, but that's your cross to bear, saith the Lord. That's your word? If that's not your word, you've got no business believing the nonsense that the devil is trying to tell you. You wake up and you wring your hands wondering how you're going to eat, how you're going to pay your bills, how you're going to make it, how you're going to do ministry. How you, some of you, you stressed out over how you're going to get it done. And I'm telling you right now, it's already been settled in heaven. The devil is a liar. That is not your word. I'm preaching right now. That is not. Why are you believing that crap? That is not your word. The Bible says, I know the plans that I have for you, saith God. I have a plan to give you a hope, to give you a future. It is my plan to prosper you. It is my plan to give you a good ending. Amen. It is my plan for your children to rise up. And if you're a mother, for them to call you blessed. Come on, somebody. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what the devil has told you. It ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. And you know what? It ain't going to be over till we win. See, that's not your word. That word of destruction, that word of defeat, that word of barely enough, barely making it. Barely, that's your word, barely making it? No. Heck, I read the Bible and it said this, you the head and not the tail. But you know what the world's going to tell you, Lewis? You the tail. And I'm going to keep kicking you. And keep kicking you because you ain't nothing but the tail. And if you ever go to agreeing with that nonsense. Now listen, you know what makes us agree with that? Is that we don't build that house of the Lord in us. Where that in, we allow that invasion of heaven. You know, God, God wants to be supernaturally involved. But some of you, you don't want to embrace. You don't want to believe. I don't have my watch, so if I, I go late. That's just all there is to it. I mean, right now, it's like a hair short, a hair past a freckle. <laughs> well, I do have my iPad. Um, 
You, you got to believe there's a devil. Couldn't be nothing but the devil. If the Bible says the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy, and that's what's gone on in your life, then you got to know there's a devil. If the Bible predicted that stealing, killing, go ahead now. When, when you lost, you weren't happy, you weren't hopeful. When you lost, you were devastated, you were in despair. There have been some of you in here, you even contemplated taking your life. You, you, you couldn't even bear the thought of living any longer. That's how, that's, how, that's how devastating the attack of the devil was against you. That you would consider taking your own life. Some of you thought you was going crazy. The devil tried to tell you too, you're nuts. You need to go check yourself in to a hospital because you're crazy. You thought there's no way I can do this. See, God's plan is a good plan. It, listen, I'm not talking about what you're going through right now. What you're going through right now is a very poor indicator of what God's plan is for your life. Your present circumstances aren't, your, your current condition isn't your position. But if you're after the flesh, you'll mind the things of the flesh. But you'll, if you'll go after the Spirit. See, that's, that's why we ought to come in here and we ought to... I know some of y'all think that I'm saying this because, I, I, again, I want y'all to hear this because I, I think that we get the wrong idea. Some of you think I just get perturbed by people being on their phone. I couldn't care any more or less about being... I don't... You don't want to listen... But I believe some of you, most of you, would like to see the greater measure of the influence of God's Spirit in your life. Some of you would like to see yourself delivered out of your place into His place. Some of you would like to live in the victory. Oh, glory to God. But we had a leadership meeting yesterday. I was talking about it. When you, when you, when you get through, when you go through those different stages of, of the vision and, and, and you're, you're, when, that, when the vision is just forming and then you're storming in to do that vision and then you starts to normalize and then you're in that place where you work in it and it's working and it's firing on all. You ever met them people, they roll up on you, you can tell they're successful and they happy, they excited. They have, they have energy. Go ahead, hey, what are you doing? And you look at him, you're like, boy, get out of my space. See, you don't know you need people like that in your space. Now, I know, I know, that, I know there's some people they are putting up a front. They're, 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 they're uh, faking it until they make it. But then there are those that they have made it. You know they made it because you saw what they rolled up in. There's an energy. There's a. You 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 see him. You see you see you see him in all in all industries in all business. You see him everywhere. 
And most and most of us, <laughs> especially if you came from the poverty side. I took a friend of mine. He's from the Bronx, New York, Puerto Rican fella. Grew up in poverty. Grew up in the projects. He had to fight cockroaches for food. I took him. I went to, I went to buy a suit at Mr. Uli's. I took him in there. You never saw nobody like a, this and that guy. It was like putting him in a foreign country. I walked in there, and I'm talking with the, do- the owner's daughter when, they, when, when the Uli's actually owned the place. They don't own it anymore, but when the Uli's owned Mr. Uli, I, Sarah Uli was one, she, I was her customer. It was his daughter, the, the, uh, John Uli's daughter, the, the man that owned it. And I, I was talking to her. I took, I took Danny in there with me. Danny, listen, Danny, don't no, come here for that. That guy is in there, and there are hors d'oeuvres, and there's all these things, and and he's like, yo, can I, yo, is it okay if I have some of this? Some of this? I'm like, Danny, don't ask, just eat it. Some guy walks in and he's like, hey, you know, ha, 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 you know, he's just talking. To I mean, these, these people are happy. And Danny's making fun of him. He's going, ha, 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 you know, he's making like Fire Marshal Bill. You know, when... Uh, When you believe the lie of the enemy that you're supposed to be the tail and not the head. That you're supposed to be below and not... Because see, you don't, you don't talk like... You don't start out talking like people that are above. No, nah, man, you, you loan somebody money. And you see him on the street, you roll up on him. Girl, where's my money? I never saw nobody do that in a Rolls Royce. <laughs> they might think it, but they're not about to roll up. Like, where's my money? Well, praise God. And when, and when you when 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 you have been brought up to believe that you're supposed to be nothing, have nothing, do nothing, something has to shift. There, there has to come a point in time where you understand God didn't call God didn't God God told us as His people take over the earth, dominate it, subdue it. Take control of it. Amen. Amen. Some, some people say, well, how do you do that when you, when you, there's so much trouble? That you got to fight. Amen. If you Amen. fought for your right to party, you can fight for your right to receive all that God has for Come you. Come on now. Amen. Amen. All right. Sometimes as a, as a minority, we... <laughs> We'll fight for our, we'll fight for what we believe is a, is a, is a racial injustice. My God, I wish some of you would, would get so put out with what the devil has done to y'all that y'all would protest like you was ready to protest when George Floyd got killed. 
Minute a minute a black man died, everybody, we're gonna march, we're gonna march. Boy, you should have been marching already. Go ahead now. Racial injustice means more to some of us than the spiritual injustice that's been dealt to us all of our lives as 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 believers and unbelievers. How is it that we can be so passionate that we, would be, that we would be willing to block a road with our bodies and believe that we could stop an oncoming car in protest? Go ahead, man. Boy, let someone use the N-word on some of y'all and you all over... Let someone call some Hispanic up in here a spick and watch how fast we're on Facebook talking about it. Heck, when Michael lived in Cobblestone, he's painting his fence and he had some old boy come up and say, how much y'all charge? Listen, we heard about it. And, and every time it comes up in the memories, he reposts it. He's like, how much do we charge? I live here, bro. I live here. Heck, I'll never forget when I moved, when I moved in the neighborhood. We, we moved into a neighborhood similar to that neighborhood Michael lived in, in, uh, in Columbus. And I'm, I'm out in the front yard. I'm digging up my flower beds. I'm trying to do some, some stuff because I didn't like the way it looked. Ted is out there. All of my neighbors came to Ted and said, welcome to the neighborhood. <laughs> Ted said, thank you. <laughs> thank you. They're like, so, uh, you know, you married? Yeah, I'm married. Where'd y'all come from? Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Yeah, well, we're glad to have you. We're glad to have you here. Uh, so did you, how, how long did you, how long ago did you purchase? Oh, no, this ain't my house. No, that guy right there, that's, it's his house. It's the, it's the, it's the Mexican gardener. It's his house. Ted said, I'm here helping him. Do you know every one of them just walked away? You know, here's the thing. Some of y'all become indignant, but you won't get indignant as indignant with the devil. He's robbing you, stealing from you, killing you every day, persuading you that you're not supposed to have any of what I'm talking about. Some of you more hungry for a meal over at Charleston's than you are to break out. And to let heaven touch earth. And you, boy, I am preaching. I'm preaching right now. Glory. Bless God. It's time for us to rise up and to put a stop to what the enemy has been perpetrating again. Listen, you're the only one that can do it. And if you'll put a stop to it, I'm telling you right now, it'll be brought to an end in Jesus' name. God wants to send heaven to earth in this season. And he wants to do it in your life. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you right now, there's something more valuable to fight for than racial equality. Did you hear what I said? Some of you, the devil's got you wrapped up just because you want to be. You in this, you're not even of this world. 
don't know if you realize this or not, but the Bible says in, in his kingdom, there's no black, white, Hispanic, male, female. None of that exists anymore in his kingdom. In his kingdom, you're either his or you're not. And guess what? I'm his. Glory. We're, we're all spiritual Jews. I'm going to finish with this. Ted. Oh, yeah. Don't make me shout, Ted. Go ahead, man. Did someone pick up my hanky? Yeah, grab it and throw it here. That's a little wet. I know them, them boys are like, I ain't touching it. Thank you. Thank you, Autumn. I'm praying, Lord, bless you first. I'm almost done. I don't even know what time it is. Oh, no, don't worry. Why? For to be, amen. For they that are of the flesh do mind the things of it. Quit minding the things of the flesh. Guess what? I don't care if they hate black people where you work, if they hate white people where you work, if they hate Hispanic people where you, it don't matter whether they hate, they might hate you, but they can't do nothing about you when you live mindful of the spirit. Because God's spirit will say, they, it don't matter, listen, it don't matter whether you educated, not educated, it don't matter whether you got a felony or not. I know some of you, well, I got a felony. Oh, you're going to let that, you're going to let that rule you then. You got a felony. Hilda never let that stop her. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Amen. I'm just kidding. She don't have felony. She back there pleading her case, boy. <laughs> you really gonna let that determine what you gonna do? When Debbie's boss, listen, God gave Debbie a job, a good job, one she wasn't qualified for. That's right. Once she got in there, they was like, what are you doing in here? You don't belong here. The world will tell you that. That's right. You don't belong here. People with four years, six years, eight years of college degrees, master's degrees, come up in there with Debbie. I'm better than you are. What are you doing here? Try to put her through hell. Almost did. She almost took the bait. She came to me and said, I'm about to quit my job, Pastor, because they won't give me a promotion, and these people that they're putting over me are devils. I was like, oh, so God put you in a high place that you don't belong. You're not qualified to be there, but God put you there. He skipped... They, he, caused everybody to, he caused everybody to turn a blind eye to the fact that you didn't qualify for this. When she went in for the interview, I told her how to interview. I told her to tell him. I said, when you go in the interview, tell him, I know I'm not qualified, but I'm a better candidate than anybody you're going to look at. Right. That's right. 
I will learn. I, I'm a learner. I will learn how to do it. I've learned how to do everything. I worked, I worked with a bunch of men in a, in, a, in a prefabricated concrete wall company. I ran heavy equipment. I wasn't supposed to do that, but I did it. I can learn anything. I am good and I will do this job and I'll be the, you'll be the, you'll be so glad that you hired me. Not only that, the Lord is with me and because the Lord is with me, if you hire me, he'll be with you. You know what? She went in, she told him just like that. You know, they told her that day, they said, you're hired. She retired out of that job. Now she almost quit. These people, Pastor, they're really bothering me. I said, okay, so God elevates you. And because you're minding the things of the flesh, Come on. because they're trying to make you feel like white trailer trash because you didn't go to college. Right? They're trying to make you feel less than because you don't have the academics. You know what I told Debbie? I said, Debbie, think about it. I said, are you really going to let the devil run you out of town? I said, you need to think of this like one of them westerns where the sheriff comes in. He walk into the bar and Black Bart is up in there with his gang. Why, why wasn't it never White Bart? I don't know why it wasn't no White Bart. Anyway, Black Bart is up in there. <laughs> Black, Black Bart is in there with his, <laughs> He's up in there with his gang. The sheriff goes in and says, Black Bart, there ain't room enough in this town for the both of us. I said, Debbie, that's what you need to declare. There's not enough room in this state agency for me and for you. And God put me here, so I ain't going nowhere. Amen. Glory to God. Some of you would be so surprised if you didn't fight and just glorify Jesus. How instantly things would be resolved. If you opened up the door for the angels of God to come work with you. To work for you. To work for you. Say this with me. Say, angels, angels work, for me. work for me. Glory to God. I'm, I'm finished reading. Zig, quit stopping. If you're of the flesh, you mind the things of the spirit. If you're of the spirit, you do the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. You're not going to please God being in the flesh. You might be able to please yourself sometimes. Others sometimes. But you're not going to please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that God's spirit dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life. Because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, glory to God. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also 
quicken, make alive your mortal bodies by his spirit. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Hallelujah. And it goes on for as many as are, and I'm almost done. For as many as are led of the spirit of God, they're the sons of God. For you've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, uh, but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God. Say heirs of God. Heirs of God. Oh, glory. You have an inheritance. Amen. Hallelujah. You're an heir. Glory. To, see, s- some of you, maybe your parents died. They didn't leave you a wooden nickel. But guess what? You're an heir of God. A joint heir with Christ. In other words, someone died and left your name in the will. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You're an heir of God, joint heir with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I'm going to tell you something. We are the generation that is going to exemplify the latter part of that verse. There has been lots of suffering amongst God's people, but that suffering is not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Stand up all over the place, will you? Did this help anybody here today? Glory to God. Boy, I'm telling you, man, I preached my face off today. Thank God. Hallelujah. Boy, if I preach like that once a week, every week, I think I'd lose weight. Thank God. Hallelujah. Listen, I can tell some of you, your faith has arisen. It's not false hope when the hope that you have is in him. If our hope is in the unmovable, unshakable, incorruptible, unstoppable, glory to God, all those express the very character and nature of our Heavenly Father. Do you know, honestly, church, the only thing that keeps us there, I think, for most of us, it's not, that, it's not that y'all don't love the Lord. It's not that God's people aren't in love with him right now in the earth. Do you know what it is in, for the church, I think, in our nation? Distraction. We're so distracted. We don't spend enough undivided time with God. Even now when we come to church. Maybe because we're using our phones for Bible, you know, we get notifications. Then we, I do it too. Listen, I do it. I've, I've been in meetings and, and got out my, was going to get out the Bible app and saw a notification. Clicked on it, was like, I'm just going to see what this is. Oh, I'm just going to respond real fast. 
pretty soon you've opened up Messenger and then Facebook comes up and you're like, whoa, what's that girl? What's that girl doing? I'm going to respond to that real quick. Girl, you need to leave him. (laughs) Four hours later, the sermon's over. Everyone's gone home. You're still on your phone. People thought you was there because God touched you. You was just distracted. Imagine giving him your undivided attention. Some of, some of you, that, that's a sacrifice in itself. So, some of you, I'm not sure you think you could. Those that came before us wrestled with other things that they felt like they couldn't do. But if you'll be mindful of the things of the Spirit and not of the things of the flesh, if you'll put your focus on those things, it opens up the door for heaven to touch earth. Will heaven, will, will, it, will, will we see angels ascending and descending every Sunday when we get together? Maybe not. But we'll be ready. We'll be ready. And when it happens, we won't be sitting there like ooh, trying to get in then like I was at that Brother Hagin meeting. the spirit of God was working in that service and God showed me I needed to dance before, before, before the opportunity ever came the Lord showed me to dance man I was so preoccupied with all of the who's who and the charismatic zoo that were sitting around me Brother Hagen was Brother Hagen was off to my right Brandon on that I mean I could see Brother Hagen out of the whole service I could see Brother Hagen out of the corner of my eye when he walked in I tapped Danny I'm like that's Brother Hagen Brother Copeland was behind us. Jerry Seville. Jesse Duplantis. Oral Roberts, he was still alive. He was back there, him and Richard Roberts. All of these who's who, they was all in that meeting. You know what? The Lord showed me he wanted me to dance in that meeting during worship. I was front center. I was in the VIP section. Usher told me I didn't belong there. I was like, move me. He's like, you know what he told me before? He said, stay there, but behave. That's what he said. I must have had a wild look in my eye. He said, stay there, but behave. And he was right. I was smack dab in the middle of the VIP side. I might have taken Brother Hagin's chair. When it came time when the music played and they were singing, and it came time. I saw my, I saw myself. I saw myself dancing, Brandon, but not a not a sophisticated dance, an undignified dance. One of them dances you see in the black church, in the Hispanic church. You know, where the, one of them Bobby. If, if, if I was a woman and had bobby pins, I'd have thrown them all out. You know what I'm saying? It was one of them kind of dances. It was, a, it, was, it was one of these. <laughs> I knew I was supposed to dance. But I was so mindful of the flesh. The moment came, the Spirit of God hit me. In that moment, the Spirit of God hit me. 
I've seen this happen many times in this church. The Spirit of God hit me that day in, in Ramah, 10,000 people there. And, and, and I was like, but I, I held, I was like, no, behave. I said, I didn't do nothing, but I sensed movement around me. I just closed my eyes. I sensed movement around me. Went out my eyes, out of the corner of my eye, I see Brother Hagin. You know what he's doing? He's doing the dance the Holy Ghost told me to do. I turned around, Brother Copeland's doing the dance. Seville's doing the, every, all the who's who and the charisma, they're all doing the dance that I saw. I look around the building, and three quarters of the building are dancing the same dance I saw myself dancing. You know what? Then I tried to get in. Oh, oh. I look like Curly from the Three Stooges. Only thing was missing was me going. Whoop, 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 whoop. I missed it. I missed my opportunity. When you're not mindful of the things of the Spirit, you'll miss opportunities for breakthrough. Go ahead, man. That's right. Yeah. You know that sometimes, and I love. Can I have? Since we, we was kind of talking about offering, can I bring it back to offering just real quick? This isn't an attempt to get money. Y'all know, this, this is given church. So don't, don't get those ideas. My financial breakthrough came in one of those moments when I recognized the Spirit. My financial breakthrough came when, in one of those moments. It wasn't something that I had, it wasn't something that I worked out in my mind. It was something that I followed the Spirit to do. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't easy what he asked me to do. That's right. <clears throat> but, I mean, now it, would, it wouldn't be hard at all. But then, I mean, all he asked me to do then was sow $1,000 that I had saved. That's all he asked me to do. But you know what? I had never had $1,000 ever that, didn't, that wasn't already going, that didn't have some place to go. If I had it, people was calling me for it because I was already behind. But I never had $1,000 that had no place to go except for sit in the bank. Never. You know what the Lord said? I want you to do this with, with that. My first response was, well, Lord, that's mine. He said, it's all mine. And it took, a, it took a response. I had to respond. That, that, I'm telling you these things because you got to live in that place where you're obedient to the Lord. You know, you know what will happen is that the devil will come and he'll try to make it. And Elva, this is with the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not picking on you. I, last time I saw you, the Spirit of God was on you big time. All morning. And I only mentioned those angels just because of you. I only talked about, I thought I was going to talk about it for a second and then talk to you. But here we are at the end of the service. You know what the Lord told me? The Lord said that from the beginning, He anointed you. He anointed you for, you know, in the book of Romans uh, chapter 12, it, it lists different ministries, prophetic, you know, th different uh, um mercy, different different gift, gifts. They call them gifts of the Father. One of them is giving. 
when you had nothing that's where the Lord anointed you and when God led you in that ministry in the beginning way easy but then the enemy came to try to stop it and so he did things to try to make you feel like that you were being taken advantage of and, and then some people it seemed like and, and some people may have told you this they might have said only reason them people want to hang out with you is because they know that you're generous it's the only reason why they come but that was, that was an attempt of the enemy to try to to try to put a stop to the freedom and the liberty that you experienced in your life when you flowed in that anointing in a, in a measure the Lord says that you, you really desire in your heart to flow in that in a greater measure again but you, you're reluctant because of what you've witnessed because there are people that are not well-meaning and their hearts are not right and you don't know how to you don't know how to navigate that on your own so sometimes you just have to step back and do nothing that's that's the way you feel but i hear the lord saying this the lord says that angels are being released to work alongside of you and with you to fulfill your ministry and to bring you to that place where you begin to sense that fulfillment in doing what god told you to do the Lord told me to tell you this. He said, don't be afraid of what men can do. The Lord says, but he says, open up, the Lord says, your heart and your life to me. So he says, so that when heaven begins to fall, you respond to heaven and not to your own mind or to your own feelings, but to what the Holy Spirit says. You know what God, God told me? The Lord told me this. He said, I used you to break your whole family out. The Lord said, I used you to destroy the works of the devil. God says, you've always been and you always will be a threat to the enemy, which is why he hates you. And why he wants to stop, the Lord says, the strong thing that I put in you. But God says, God says this. He says he's been dealing with you big. For the past, I would say for the past three years, the Spirit of God has really been on. I mean, he's been on you. And you haven't been able to identify all that he's been saying. But you've been aware of the fact that he's working. You're unsettled. God says, time to settle it. He said, it's time to settle it. It's time for you to move forward. And the Lord says, and to realize the fullness of of the ministry that he's called you to in this in these last days amen thank god thank god the, re the reason why you've been through that is just because you're a threat to the devil he hates you that's a good thing <laughs> that's a good thing some people are like that's spooky no that's good that's good nothing spooky about it the reality is is that The first, the first place that there's going to be freedom and liberty that, that is, is manifested in your obedience 
is you're going to see it run through your family. Children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. All of a sudden, there's going to be a wave of revival hit your whole family. And God says, and they're not going to wrestle with evil spirits and have to wrestle with demons every, every season or every other month. The Lord says they're going to be freed. And God says every generation that comes from now on will be living in freedom. Because of, the Lord says, because of what I've begun in you. God says, I raised you up. And he says, and you, you he said, I anointed you for breakthrough." He said, in your hands and in your mouth, he says, are the tools necessary. The Lord says, not just for breakthrough for you, but the Lord says, for all of your house. And that's, that's everybody. And so, uh, I, I lose that to you in the name of Jesus. I thank God for it. Now, now it's, it's obvious that the Lord's talking to all of us with this as well. So I want you to lift a hand. I want you to say this with me. Say, Lord, right now, I just, I'm determining today that I will cooperate with heaven. No matter what that means, no matter what it costs, no matter how you lead, no matter where I have to go or what I have to do, I will follow you. I will follow your spirit. I will make room for you. Let, let people, let nations, let everyone that looks into my life see what they saw in you, Jesus. Let them see angels ascending and descending. Let them see heaven come to earth in and through my life in the name of Jesus. Lord, let me be a breaker. Let me break other people out. Let me bring others into the same freedom that you brought me to. In Jesus' name. Devil, I bind you. In the name of Jesus. You got to take your hand off of everything in my life, in the life of my family, in my house. Everywhere I go, on my job, my city, get your hands off in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I release the angels of heaven to go and to prepare the way for the power of your spirit to be released in and through me in Jesus' name. Now let's shout about it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 You know, these, these things that I've been sharing with y'all, these are the things that I personally, in my, in my life personally, that I've put to work. Listen, I didn't read this stuff in books. This is stuff, this is stuff that I discovered on my knees in the upstairs bedroom of my grandmother's apartment. Honest, I'm, honestly, I didn't, I, didn't uh, I thank God for Brother Copeland and them. I thank God for Brother Hagin. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord didn't teach me through those folks, even though he could have. That's not who, he didn't. I mean, he, 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 gave, he, he opened up his word and gave me revelation. 
And I, I just got a hold of it. And I know, listen, I'm telling you right now, we may, we may not be the largest church in Oklahoma City. I may not have the largest uh, ministry uh, in the United States. Some people may even say, well, you know, you're just a small, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I know, you know, I know uh, insignificant, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you know what I you know what I do know? I do know that I'm exactly where God wants me to be, doing exactly what the Lord wants me to do. Period. Uh, I didn't have to. Uh, the Lord never put it in my heart to, to grow a big ministry. That's not what he told me to do. He told me to equip people to do the work of the ministry. That's what he told me to do. And that's what we do. And and whether we're doing that with 40, 50, 70, 80, 180. Whether it's, you know, when we went to Australia, 8,000 people. If I'm getting 8,000 people mobilized. If it's Winter's Church in Florida, 3,500 people. I mean, if that's, if that, whatever, whatever, wherever it is that he puts us. I'm not going to be moved by what it looks like in the natural. That's, that's minding the things of the flesh. We're going to be in the spirit. Amen. We're going to be in the spirit. How many of you received this today? Thank God. Listen, I'm not going to keep you. I've already gone a long time. But listen, I sure love you. And I want you to receive these words. Take them with you. Go out of here today and win. Oh, yeah. Win. So I'm going to turn you loose. Oh, yeah, don't forget to bring your offering. (laughs) After all that talk, I... Don't forget to bring your offering. Don't forget. I, most of you have probably already done it online. When you go, I want you to go in his presence. I want you to love someone before you go because you do. I'm going to count to three. On three, we're just going to declare win. One, two, three. Win! Yeah. Go out of here a winner today in the name of Jesus. I love you guys. We'll see you. We'll see you uh, Wednesday. Oh, no, no, dealing room not tomorrow. We'll see you Wednesday. Uh, come with expectation.